Well, good morning again, and just glad you're here. It is, the time is certainly upon us, whether we're ready for it or not. It is Vacation Bible School. It is, yes, whoo, who's got energy for woo right now? I don't, I mean, well, come this week, we'll have the coffee flowing and paste smiles on our face, but we'll have fun this week. You know, I'm going to be honest, I kind of have a, uh, we got a problem back there with the, I'm going to turn some stuff off there, David. Sorry about that, audio difficulties here. Uh, I got to admit something to you. I kind of have a um, uh, love-hate relationship with VBS. Now, let me explain myself. You would feel the same way I do if, like me, every year you either get slime put on you or put it in a dunking tank uh, or covered in silly string or made a human banana split. Am I right, Lisa? That's right. She was with me last year. Human banana split. That was one of my favorites. Uh, that was interesting. Um, or how about the year? I didn't even attend VBS that year. I came right after this year. I didn't make the VBS because I just became pastor, and I still had to eat chocolate-covered cricket legs as a <laughs> mean. So if you had to do the same things I've been doing for VBS for the past however many years, you would feel the same way. Actually, no, I, I really, those, those fun and silly and gross things they make me do, uh, I actually love it. It's fun. Um, you know, I've been involved with VBS. I was thinking of my almost 37 years on this planet, uh, probably about 30 of them have been involved in VBS. And in fact, I'm sure I've done um, more than that just because there's been years I've done multiple ones. Um, I, I was one of the ones who was, you know, I was in the nursery growing up when VBS was happening. I, every year when, when I was in grade school, I was in VBS. When I was a youth, I became a youth helper. I mean, I think I probably missed a couple of VBSs while I was in college, you know, away and working and things like that. But then by the time I was 21, I was on staff at a church and have been ever since. And so every year I've been doing VBSs. I mean, I have been involved in Vacation Bible School more times than, than I can count. And I, I do love it. Like I said, I mean, I don't want you to think I've got a bad attitude about Vacation Bible School. There's so much of it I love. I love seeing the kids. I love getting to teach them more about the Lord get the, get their just see that passion come and I mean all that it's wonderful but like I said it's kind of a love hate relationship I love all these things that happen but to tell you the truth since I've become an adult since I've kind of worked more on the staff of VBS and and seeing kind of all the things that happen the the downside for me has been a, a trend that I've noticed over the years you know, I, for most churches, it's true for us, it's true for a lot of churches, that VBS is probably the most labor-intensive event in the church year. You know, just because you're trying to prep for a week-long thing with kids and you want everybody involved and there's so much to do. I mean, literally, we started our planning back in the fall. Um, let's not put scripture up if we can, Terry. Not yet. Thank you. Um, He's just so excited. He's just ready for me to start preaching scriptures. Like, Greg, stop talking. I know you are, brother. It's okay. We'll get to it. Um, you know, again, what I've noticed in all these years of all this work that goes into vacation Bible school, all the, all the time and the getting the crafts ready and getting, you know, this done and ordering the T-shirts and getting the registration handled and all the things that happen, 
The negative thing I've seen, and this is why it's become challenging for me at points, is I've seen how easy it is to become so distracted by the work that is to be done. By the hours, you know, got to be put into it. I mean, most of our workers are working during the day and then coming here at night. It makes for long days. I mean, I get it. It's tough. But the problem is that we can get so overwhelmed by the things we got to do that we forget why we're there in the first place. I mean, just let's ask the question, honestly, for a second. Why do we do Vacation Bible School? I mean, is it so we can have a week of having fun? Is it so we can have an excuse for doing something gross to the pastor? I hope that's not the reason we do VBS. Is it, you know, so we can raise money for missions? Is it so we can learn some new songs? Is it, I mean, all great fun things, but we've got to know the reason we do something like Vacation Bible School is to grow the kingdom of God. It's to introduce boys and girls to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. For those who don't know Him, we plant the seed. For those who are ready, we hope we're there for the harvest. For those boys and girls who come to that place of a saving faith, we hope Vacation Bible School is something that strengthens them and encourages them in their growth. See, Vacation Bible School, above all the things that we do and all the things that happen and all the hours put into it, the reason behind it is to grow boys and girls in the Lord. It's about the gospel message. But I have seen so many times how easy it is to get distracted. I've been a part of you know, many VBSs of the last night where they're tearing the paper off the wall and getting the decorations put up, and you're thinking, all this hard work, and we're just tearing it down. And I kind of stop and go, man, all that time, all the effort, did we really focus in on the gospel as much as we could have, as much as we should have. I mean, it's extremely easy just to get distracted. All those other things are good things. The games we play, and the, I mean, we want to have the best event possible. We want to make sure we're doing a good job. We don't want to not pay attention to the details. But it can get us distracted and forget our purpose. We can miss the point. The point of doing Vacation Bible School is, again, to grow the kingdom and, and to introduce boys and girls to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And that's not just true with Vacation Bible School, it's true with a lot of things. I mean, it's really just in our daily walk, I mean, as a Christian, if you're here this morning and you say, I claim the name of Jesus Christ, I walk with Him, I mean, your life's mission is to further the kingdom. I mean, you're supposed to be one out there to be in, to be encouraging others you're supposed to be strengthening your faith and telling others and growing in the lord and participating in the things of the lord you're supposed to be about god's business but how easy is it to get distracted right the work the kids the responsibilities the this and the that it's so easy to pull us off to where we miss the point where we get our attention our time our effort and energy focused on things that really don't matter. And suddenly, what's happened? Suddenly, we look back at something in our life and say, man, I really didn't do what I was supposed to do. I missed the point. So as this, this morning, as we get into you know, vacation Bible school, as we prep for this time, the last thing I want for us, for our church, for our workers, is for us to miss the point of why we're here. Now, maybe not all of you are part of VBS this week. I get that. But we need the same reminder. We need to be reminded all the time to not miss the point of what God has called us to do. 
So this morning, we're, we're actually going to continue on in our series in 1 Corinthians, and uh, the, the message this morning is entitled, You're Missing the Point, because as we look at this particular section of Scripture, what we're going to see is that Paul's kind of dealing with a lot of stuff, but his overall message is, he's talking to these believers, he says, guys, you're missing the point. You're focused on all the little stuff. You're, trying, you're getting locked up and, you know, in chains over how to handle this situation, and you're missing the point to what God has called you to do. So the same message of you're missing the point that Paul was trying to tell the Corinthian church is the same thing we need to hear. Now, again, they're dealing with different circumstances. Now, if you haven't been here for the series, you know, if you haven't been keeping up with what we've been doing through 1 Corinthians... Let me just quickly tell you, before we kind of read the passage, I just need to let you know, because I don't want you to get lost, because we're going to look at some verses that you're going to go, what is this talking about? The first part of what we read, it seems like Paul is going to be kind of continuing the discussion of what we've looked at of the problems that church is facing. We, we were honest about this last week and said, some of their issues are not our issues. If you were here last week, we talked about this, that church was struggling with they couldn't find any food to eat that wasn't, hadn't been dedicated, sacrificed to some idol. And they're saying, you know, how do we handle this problem? How do we as Christians deal with this issue? Now, and I said, we don't really handle that problem. You know, we, we saw that they were really struggling with relationships, you know, marriage and singleness and divorce. And also, how do we as Christians, you know, they were saying, should we be married? Are we not allowed to do this? And I, you know, they're, they're struggling with how to live for Christ. Well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, in fact, if you are in Christ, you should have the questions of, what should I do about this? I'm not sure how to handle this particular situation. And the church was dealing with that. And so Paul, kind of, as we read, I want you to, it's going to look like Paul is continuing to kind of address their concerns, their issues. And he is, kind of. But what I want you to see this morning as we get through these verses, uh, we're going to try to keep it simple. Because Paul, as he starts to kind of talk about their issues and problems, and I know they're different than ours, but really what he gets to at one point is kind of says, you're missing the point. You guys are focusing on all of these questions you have, and you're missing this over here. And he's giving them a warning. And that's what I want you to see this morning. I tell you that just so you're kind of ready, maybe for some of the verses we're going to read, you're not sure what it's talking about. But he's kind of, again, dressing their problems, but he's kind of going to say... Guys, that's really not the issue this morning. So let's look at our passage this morning. Continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to go verse 1 through 23 this morning. Let's look at this, what Paul writes to this church. He says this, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Can we keep Thank you. Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who sit in judgment of me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas? Or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right not to work for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? 
Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. It is, is it about the oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says that's for us, doesn't he? Yes, this he has written for us, because whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, should we have it all the more? But we do not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple, and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered at the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I have not used any of these rights, and I am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me. For I'd rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Now, I really want you all to pay attention to these verses that are coming up here. Look at this, verse 19. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, although I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, because I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Uh, Terry, could you do me a favor? Put up verse 19 for us again. Uh, We're going to kind of focus in on that verse in just a few minutes. Now, we're going to leave that up this morning. We're going to kind of get to this in a moment. uh, Because this verse right here is going to kind of help us with what we just read. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I know we kind of looked at a long passage, a lot of things going on. But the point being made is a very simple one. In fact, this morning, I'm going to, don't get your hopes up too high, but I'm going to try to be brief. Because, no, I, no seriously, it's not because we have a, you know, a lunch and activities. It's because the point of this is so simple. I don't want to get a whole bunch of other things going on. I want you to get a main idea and something you need to take home and leave you with that. So as we go ahead in the week, it's in our hearts. It's a simple point. Now, I know there was a lot talked about before verse 19. And we're not going to get into all those issues, okay? We've talked about some of them, others we haven't. Paul was addressing not only the issue of food and marriage, he even got an issue of should you pay your preacher? You know, there was a, he was, he's addressing that church's questions and, again, what should we do about this? 
Now, I don't know if you picked up on the reading or not picked up on the tone, but if it seemed like Paul was getting mad, it's because he was. I mean, you could kind of, if you really get in the language there, he's kind of getting upset. You know, Paul is kind of continuing to talk about, okay, I know you've got to deal with food issues, and I know you've got to deal with marriage issues, and you've got to deal with church issues, and what do you do about this and do about this? And he's going, but you can kind of feel him getting frustrated, and it's kind of building up on him, and he's, and he's going, but guys, you're missing the point. He's saying it's not so much about those things. Because it's not the, the fact that you have the questions, is that you're getting so wrapped up in what the answer is to marriage and food and to this and to that that you have forgotten your purpose. You can kind of tell by what Paul is writing to this church that not only are they kind of just sitting around debating how to handle this issue and that issue, but they're disagreeing with one another. And in fact, some are even criticizing Paul because of how he kind of has certain views on things. And Paul is getting sick of it. He's saying, you guys are sitting around focusing on all this stuff, and it's keeping you from doing what you should be doing, what I'm trying to do, and that is preach the gospel. To be a part of kingdom business. See, Paul, I mean, Paul was not perfect. By, far from it. But Paul was really good at one thing. I mean, he had an awesome, singular focus. Paul said, you can go read through the writings and his preaching. All this stuff, and Paul would say it again. He focused on one thing. That is preaching the message of Christ crucified. I mean, he just honed in on that. In fact, you can go, you know, God just, that's why God used him so much. Even if it looks like he's talking about something else, he's really talking about that thing through, through the lens of Christ and him crucified in your life. And Paul's like, I don't have time to mess with all that stuff. You know, guys, if you're going to get locked up and, and being focused on the details and this and that, that is keeping you from doing the work, he's basically saying, I'm not going to be a part of it. Paul's saying, I'm going to go out and preach the gospel. I've got to go preach the gospel. I've got to be about kingdom business. So much so that whoever I can find, I will do whatever I can to reach out to their level, to meet them where they are and teach them and preach them about the message of Jesus. Because I'm not going to get locked up in all that other stuff. That's why, you know, in, here in verse 19, I want you to take a look at what he's saying here. There's a, he's actually saying a lot, but we're going to kind of really simplify it this morning. Kind of oversimplify it, in fact. Look, he says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. Why? To win as many as possible. And that's an awesome verse once you realize what he's saying. He's saying, I have Christian freedom. He, without getting into the details, because it's not the point of this morning, he's saying, I'm not bound by all these issues you guys are dealing with. You're thinking I'm right and I'm, or you're right based on your view of whatever issue you're facing. He goes, I, that's not me. I don't have that kind of, I'm not locked up the way you are. I'm not going to live this legalism battle. But he's saying, what I have done, I've got Christian freedom, but what have I done? I've made myself a slave to everyone. Why? To win as many as possible. So Paul is saying, you know what? I'm not going to focus on the politics and the debates, and the issues, and the this and the that. If it costs me for me to preach the gospel. And some of you still might be wondering, what does this have to do with you? What does it have to do with the church? What does that have to do with Vacation Bible School? Friends, let me tell you, 
This attitude that Paul is fighting against, that he's so upset about, is so prevalent in the churches today. It's sad how many times I've sat at part of a church business meeting or other, you know, some relation like that, and the focus of the conversation is who's upset over what instead of how we're preaching the gospel. How are we doing kingdom work? I have watched, friends, I, sadly enough, I've, I have been a part of Vacation Bible Schools where I have watched brothers and sisters in Christ yell at each other because one person did it a different way than it was done the previous year. And this is the way we've always done it. And this is the way I feel I should do it. And No, this was, you gave me this responsibility. We're going to do it. You kidding me? You see what happens when that attitude creeps in. When we get focused on all the, the details and the who's right and who's wrong or which way is better. You know what happens? What is sacrificed? What is hurt? Our effectiveness in preaching the gospel. I was laughing about this because I did this myself the other day. Sitting in the office and was with our directors with uh, Don and Michelle and we're you know we're sitting talking about things and I we must have spent 45 minutes going over one little item for vacation Bible school I think it had to do with uh some of the registration procedures and we talked it to death I mean it was this way we should do it this way do it that way and what if we you know and it's okay that we're talking about how to do it well but I I kind of finished and I knew I was preaching on this Sunday and I stopped and I kind of kicked myself and said you know what what does it really matter if we do it that way or this way, is this way or that way better for preaching the gospel and getting the message across to those boys and girls who are going to come in here? If so, we'll go with that way. If it doesn't matter, then stop worrying about it. Because I just I look back on a 45-minute conversation where nothing had to do with being effective in getting the message of salvation across. And I was the one doing it. The enemy loves to distract us on the things that really don't matter. He will get your attention off of being a part of kingdom business to be able to be, as Paul's saying, that I, I will do whatever it takes to win as many people as possible. He'll, he'll get your attention off that all the time so easily. I heard a story. This is a true story. Happened to, to a well-known pastor up in the Metroplex. This is several years ago. This pastor, who had a kind of an upcoming church, decided to start a bus ministry. This is back in the day when bus ministry was taken off. And so he said, you know, they identified a, a couple of neighborhoods and uh, housing complexes that weren't being reached. And there are lots of uh, families, especially young children out there, said, we, let's do a bus ministry. So they worked hard and they, they scraped some money together and they were able to go purchase a few buses. And almost immediately, man, it took off. I mean, they, they got those buses in there, they advertised it, and kids, especially kids, mainly kids, were coming in droves to the church. And, and literally, they found out in just a few weeks that they, could, they didn't have enough buses, manpower, or just even enough time to get all the kids from where they were going to pick them up to the church. So the past, this pastor went to some of his church leaders and says, guys, we need more buses. And the leader said, we can't do it. He says, look, we, we already stretched our budget to go get the ones we have. And, you know, it's tough. We don't have, you know, we don't have the money. We don't have the manpower. And this pastor reports how they said it. They said, 
These people we're bringing in, these kids, they're not adding more finances to our church. So this pastor, I, I wish I had his wisdom. Here's how he handled the situation. He took a couple of his leading elders in the church that were the ones mainly negative about this idea of let's get some more buses. And he took them out to one of the main apartment complexes of where they were trying to pick up uh, uh, children and bring them to church. And they stood outside and they saw all these children out on the playground. And he asked the, the elders, he said, how many kids are out there? Take a guess. And they, they guessed, they rounded off a number. And he, the pastor asked, well, by, based on the buses we have now, how many of those kids can we bring to church on a Sunday? And they said, about half. And the pastor looked at his elders and he said, okay, guys, you tell me which half of the, all those children you want to go to hell, and we'll just bring the other ones. You know what those elders did? They went and bought more buses. Because it wasn't about the budget. It wasn't about kids who can't tithe to the church not making enough finances. It wasn't about manpower. It was about kingdom growth and preaching the gospel. And if anything gets in the way of it, how dare us? But how easy does it happen, right? I mean, we got a perfect example ahead of us this week. I know a lot of you, many of you, will be a part of this week. If, even if you're not up here, I know many of you will be praying for what goes on. And again, I've been a part of so many vacation Bible schools, I know how crazy it gets. I know all the things that got to be handled, all the things that need to be done, all the distractions, all the unknowns that come up. And we're going to try our best, and we're going to work our hardest, and we're gonna, we want to do a wonderful thing. But if we, for one second lose the focus of we want to win as many as possible then we have failed because then at the end of the week what are we doing oh we just spent some money and we just gave some time just so we could say oh we had fun now i want to we're going to have fun i know we're going to have fun we're going to do some you know it's going to be enjoyable but if we ever lose the focus if we ever miss the point it's so easy. And again, it's not just vacation Bible school, friends. Think about your day. Think about the things you have to accomplish the day, in the days before. Think about what God has called you to do. Think about the mission field God has put you in. Because God has called you to a purpose. That your mission field might be at the church, it might be at your work, it might be with your family. Think of the mission field God has put in front of you. How easy it is, is it to get distracted from the work God has called you to do? Maybe God has called you, your mission field is to work with a certain person, a friend, maybe it's your family. I don't know what God has called you to do. But the enemy is going to want to distract you from that work. You're going to want all the little details to come up to keep you from doing it. And I want you to try to adopt the attitude of Paul here. He's, he's kind of saying this, if we can kind of rephrase it just a tiny little bit. He's saying, I am free from all the distractions and all the stuff and all the worries, but I am a slave to Christ and to win as many as possible. 
how dare us if we let the focus pass us by, if we miss the point of what we're here to do. So friends, that's it. That's the simple point I want you to have this morning. That's what, I, that's what I desire for your heart to be crying out this morning and as you go through this week, that in all the things that come up and all the little details of the day ahead of us and the week ahead of us and all the things that might come your way, I want you to say my focus is this, to win as many as possible. To be a part of kingdom business. To be a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To be growing in the Lord myself and to be sharing with others. And nothing can take away my focus. And if you're going to come and be a part of our vacation Bible school, which I hope you will, I hope you'll never say, that child, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I've got to go handle this thing. I've got to go, I'm busy. I, I would rather you drop everything you've got to do to go share some of Christ's love with that boy or that girl. I pray that every decision you make Every word you speak, every action you take is in the tone of, I want to win as many as possible for Christ. I want to plant some seeds of the gospel message. I want to be looking for those who are ready. I want to strengthen those who already have it. I'm going to be about kingdom business. Don't let the distractions make you miss the point of what we're here to do. So as we kind of wrap up this morning, as we kind of prepare prep for the next thing as we go out about our business and we do a lunch and we work and we all this kind of stuff i want you to just keep constantly before you right there in the back of your mind just saying it talking about it having your heart of i'm here to do the work of christ say it over and over again and if that distraction comes says nope that's keeping me from doing the work of the gospel your focus is to win as many as possible. Before we have a song invitation, let's take a moment to pray before the Lord. Can we have a prayer of dedication right now? Can we, let's just go before God right this minute. And I want you to begin, right now as you begin to pray, even as I begin to talk, I want you seeking Him. And I want you just to have Him help reveal to your heart what your focus is and the work He's put, put in front of you. You may not even thought about this before. You may just think... That your focus, the point of your life is to simply live one day to the next. Just to get the job done. Just to make sure that you're providing for your family and the house gets cleaned and you show up to work on time and you come to enough church events. Is that really the point? Or are you letting the distractions of the stuff keep you from doing what Christ has called you to do? And that is to be of the kingdom work that is to be winning to the Lord. That is to be spreading the gospel message. And again, in a moment, we're going to pray over you, if, especially for those who are working for our Vacation Bible School. I pray that if, you're, if you made the commitment to be up here this week, to be working with these boys and girls, that you, right now you're in your own heart making a prayer of dedication to say, I am going to have my focus above all the things I do and all the work that I do. My focus is going to be the gospel message in the lives of these kids. Let's not make it about the decorations or the games or the crafts or even the attendance or the money. Let's make it about kingdom work in the lives of boys and girls. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning.
Thank you for the opportunity that is before us. That's before us today and especially this week. God, because we realize you've called us to a mission field. Now, sometimes that mission field is right here inside this church for the people who come in there. And God, we, we want to do this wonderful event this week, not because we're supposed to, not because everybody else does it or it's tradition. God, we don't, I don't want us to do it because it makes us feel better about ourselves um, or any other, any other notion. God, I want us to do it because we see the opportunity that's before us to grow the kingdom, to preach the gospel message. God, we know you have, you have boys and girls coming into this place this week. We know that there are some who are young, maybe too young spiritually to be able to understand the full truth of what it is through salvation. That's fine, God. We know we want them to come to a time and place where they know they need a Savior and they receive it. But God, help us plant the seed. Help us share a truth. Help us give a word that begins to lead them to that place where they're saying, I'm ready to be saved. God, I believe there's also boys and girls who've, who've, who've come to the place of conviction, who say, I know I need a Savior. God, give us spiritual sight to be looking for that child and to say, let me tell you what it is to be a Christian. For, we pray for our boys and girls. We know there's several part of our church family who've raised up here, who've come to that saving faith, God. Let us realize the, the responsibility we have this morning to strengthen them and encourage them and, and build them up in their walk so they can be wonderful, wonderful lights for Jesus Christ out in their schools and with their families and friends. God, thank you for the opportunity. That's what I want to call it, God, is an opportunity so that we don't waste it. Let us not waste it by just being focused on all the things. But let us not miss the point. But focus on the kingdom work ahead of us. God bless us in this work. Give energy to the hands that, that come. Give prayer words to those who are lifting all of us up. God, and call us to take this not just to VBS, but beyond. To be looking at all constantly. Being reminded of what is our focus. Our focus is to spread the good news of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We pray these things in Christ's mighty name. Amen.